Welcome back, guys. We're back with another 3 a.m. channel. Today we're going to be doing an Animators Assemble podcast at 3 a.m., guys. You know what that means? Pain. That's what it means. Um, actually, it's 9.30 Eastern Standard. Actually, it's 8.28 Central Standard Time. Get it correct. <laughs> the TVA is like, yo. Wow. Guys, you've, you've literally done this podcast 11 times. Well, I won't do it again. <laughs> well, I'll never do it again. All of our guests after appearing on an episode, well, I'll never do that again. Wow, guys. Set the reset charge. That was awful. We've been limiting the release and recording of these podcast episodes to a much greater span of time. Uh, speaking of the Time Variance Authority. Um, the Animators Assembled. We make podcasts sometimes. <laughs> we make That's content, our slogan. allegedly. But yeah, so welcome to yet another installment of the Animators Assembled podcast. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for spending your time with us. Well, lucky for you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, blessing us with your uh, wonderful presence. Anytime. Anytime. J Jaren, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do exactly? My name is uh, Merit Movies, otherwise known as uh, Merit or uh, Jaren. I am a stop motion creator. You sometimes do a lot of editing work for uh, other content creators. Editor for my channel and some other people's channels. I also... Uh, do 3D animation sometimes, very, very, very small times. Uh, I just do a lot of things and I just have fun doing them sometimes. You're also a voice actor sometimes. I do voice act uh, to a degree sometimes. <laughs> I say sometimes a lot, by the way, uh, but more or less. Choose your fighter sometimes versus it varies. <laughs> it just varies, you know. Gosh, flam. <laughs> so you say you do stop motion sometimes and then other times you don't stop motion which means you do stop. You do stop. I stop motion. There you but go. Yeah. So uh, thank God for the power of editing, right? Unfortunately, that is the topic of this episode. Uh, we're focusing on making the cut versus what's left on the cutting room floor here. Obviously, this is the AA podcast for the AA Discord server. So check that out. There are links that you can go to depending on whatever uh, platform you're listening to us through. Um, additionally, each of us have our own personal social media handles as well as, um, different, uh, platforms where you can reach out to us independently. So if you want to hang out with all of us in the discord server, or if you want to talk to any of us one-on-one, -on -one, feel free to reach out if need be. So we'll dive into the nitty and the gritty with an opening thought real quick. Everything in filmmaking ultimately boils down to what ends up in the edit, what stays, what goes and what gets brought in later. All of that stems from how one cuts together everything that's been recorded. Right. Camera angles, performance takes, music choices, and more. That All of these things can result in completely different final products. These choices can lead to you ending up with a Snyder Cut or a Justice League. Additionally, everyone has a bit of a different workflow depending on how they edit. So everyone has a unique process. Uh, software they use, how they organize their media within that software and the timelines and how they budget their time with assembling the media into a watchable, cohesive package. 
typically a video in our case. All of these questions and more will be on the table as this episode tackles what may end up making the cut versus what remains left on the cutting room floor. Whoa. In previous episodes of the podcast, we've talked a lot about prep time in advance of the filming, how much or how little a project is planned prior to the filming process. Some people plan out the results of the edit and aspects in it, such as what music will be used ahead of time and the sequence of shots before they're shot, while others just let the script and shoot dictate how the edit will end up being. How much do you cater your script and shoot to what you want to edit? Or do you just hope for the best when the time comes? Whoever wants to take it first. Darren, the stage is yours. Uh, uh, next question. <laughs> okay, well, when it comes to... <laughs> <laughs> I, had to I had to. I had to. Jared, thank you. Oh, my God. That was, that was great. great. You are welcome. Uh, yes. So, more or less, the way I handle things is kind of a tricky situation. For the majority of the time, I just end up writing the script... I never uh, necessarily make a shot board, make an idea of like, oh, this is what I'm going to edit. This is what my this edit is going to look like in the end. I mostly just write and let the script kind of flow and see what things end up. Basically, I don't do any kind of shot list or storyboards. When I film, I film and just kind of let everything craft in my brain as to like, what's going to happen? How do I, how am I going to frame this scene? Yada, yada, yada. And sometimes when it comes to like using a stand, I sit there and go, am I possibly going to take this stand out? Should I insert some blank frames? with that and so i'd leave those frames in and then i'd also export those and then remove those in post or if there's something that's a bit more effect heavy like an explosion for example if i don't do a, a practical one i would find something on say footage creator somewhere else and go okay this is the explosion i'm going to use for this shot sounds about right so you kind of to to safely sum up your answer using uh, familiar terminology with the channel that we should totally merch um, would you say oh, that no. the answer kind of, <laughs> would you say that it varies? Yes, it varies. It varies quite a bit, but that's just because <laughs> of the fact that I don't want to stick to like one style of filming. I want to do a bunch of different ideas. I want to kind of tr attempt it and try different things. I want to try different things when it comes to like my editing. Mostly my editing processes are kind of similar, but we'll go into that more later would on. You say, would you say it's safe to say that you genuinely generally speaking just like to kind of go with the flow of it and you just kind of focus a little bit more about each step like one step at a time or do you think that it is a little bit more balanced between some projects where you very much focus on what you need ahead of time and then dive into it it's a case-by-case -case situation that's exactly right yes all righty uh daniel how about you i go back to the idea that i am a writer director content creator and so that implies that I also edit and animate the entire thing as a whole. You you have a vision in mind and it caters more so to the script as how you plan it out to be. You know exactly how it's going to go down. And since everything is written deta very detailed in the script, everything in the edit will also be included in the script. So I try to ver I get very specific with what I want for the scene. And if it doesn't end up the way that I want it to, or if I think there's a better idea, then I'll test the waters out on that one. But I guess as far as I'm concerned, I work within an idea that I have and do my best to replicate what I have in my head. And we've already discussed how I don't really work with storyboards because, you know, the script kind of form, it, it forms its own world beyond what I can encapsulate with pen and paper 
in in the time that I'm doing it. So it it just it, you ride the wave and hopefully it'll end up exactly how you envisioned it to be or within striking distance because you might not be able to perfectly execute your vision from uh the uh conception to the execution i mean almost it's kind of uh it's very contrary to popular belief but uh you could do a lot with editing i I, i'd like to see editors as magicians in their own craft because you know they can do all sorts of tricks that no one would expect and therefore create an outcome that would otherwise be hard to decipher. So that I, I really appreciate that about the ability to hide things, to show other things, and hopefully it'll all serve a constant uh, script. With your process, do you think that you plan a little bit more ahead and you kind of have your ducks in a row? before you go into the uh, shoot and the edit, or do you also kind of subscribe to the go with the flow sort of mentality? Yeah, it's best to be completely planned. Like, again, this is something we've discussed in previous episodes, but it's very important to have everything all together before you start to deviate from that, because if you deviate without a plan, you'll just end up getting lost. So I think it's best to have an idea and hope that it turns out the way you want it to and if it doesn't work experiment because different things will give you different results and it could benefit your project good good so i'm starting to notice that although i think the i think is a just a general disclaimer for the podcast is that um it varies is a common answer and each person's experience will be different uh your mileage may vary from any of ours but from what i can tell here even though both of you can say that sometimes it varies from project to project. Jaren seems to lean a little bit more towards the, I kind of like to just go one step at a time and really focus on each of those steps and kind of just go with the flow of it. While you like to kind of have the whole, the whole shebang already sort of figured out. And then you're basically just sprinkling that cohesive thing into each step. You kind of have everything from the jump and then you, uh, tie into the other aspects of the process. So you know how it's going to be shot. So then you just focus on those shots. You know how it's going to be edited. You know what elements are needed. So then you just go and get those. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Am I, am I right on what both of you said? Yep. You are right on the nail. Because uh, storytelling is very much a rhythm and you have your own rhythm to follow individually per creator. So depending on how you saw it at initially when writing the script, or when planning something is going to be completely different to how another person's process is. So as they flow, go with the flow and trust their own process, you're confident that it's not, it's going to be great. You're, it's not going to falter because, you know, you, tr- the auteur behind it is very much into what they want to accomplish if they are in fact passionate about making it. And, I think that's it's pretty great that we we can all have our own different processes due to the fact that we're very original, unique creators. And yeah, people get to appreciate that. We all bring something unique to the table. And I think it's interesting that um, both of you are kind of on opposite sides of the same coin. Uh, I'm just stuck in the uh, perpetual loop and flip between both of you uh, when it comes to my answer, because there are certain projects that I plan down to the letter um 
with like, oh, I want to use this music. I want to use these shots. This is the exact choreography I want. These are the characters. These are the voice actors I want. This is exactly how it's going to look. And then there are other times where I'm a lot more loose and open to endless possibilities and brainstorming and kind of just really going out of my depth of having a consistent um, single tunnel vision, I'd say. And when it comes to the edit itself, I like to do uh, previs. I love to do storyboarding. I love to do shot lists. Well, within reason, I, I prefer storyboarding more than shot listing. But I love the idea of having certain images, certain frames, paintings that I want to uh, capture in the filmmaking process. There are certain sequences that I kind of think about that I want to come to pass. I want people to see it the way I'm visualizing it in my mind. So it's like uh, I could pull different examples like the uh, the Bats of E. Danvers trailer. I saw the Gangster's Paradise music used in the Sonic trailer. And I thought of like the duh, 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 tsh, 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 tsh. that that moment, I thought it would be really cool if I could time certain beats of fight choreography in that trailer to those moments in the uh, the Sonic Gangster's Paradise audio. But I also was able to throw in like the Civil War, like, Wah! like at the very end of it um, with some thunder in the middle. And then there are other times where I just literally go with the flow of what I'm feeling in the fight scene. I might have notes in the script, but I kind of go freeform with it based on what I'm looking at. Um, I think a little bit with Nomad, there was a certain level of experimentation. I had notes of I had some fight moves written in that script, but I also took major creative liberties once I had the figures and the set all set up and I kind of was just like, all right, well, what if I have the camera move this way? What if I have this character do this to this character using this furniture? Um, so like a couple of ideas would come earlier on, but then there's also a little bit of spontaneity, a little bit of um, just spur of the moment inspiration. So I think even in the edit process, I like to think ahead as to some moments that I want in the edit, there are certain like pillars, like required uh, boxes on my checklist that I want to uh, fulfill. But then sometimes I also want to be a little bit loose with it. I want to be a little bit free. I don't want to stifle myself with having very certain set limited expectations and not be able to uh, match what I'm capable of making to those expectations. Sometimes a shot won't turn out the way you envision it. Um, sometimes it might turn out differently. It might be even better than what you thought of at the jump. So I think that for me, at least there's a little bit of a healthy balance between, uh, having everything planned out and kind of throwing away the plan, um, in terms of thinking ahead to the edit part. Um, and it also depends on the project. Some projects I like to subscribe to one particular approach or practice, and then other projects I'm the opposite. And then there's some that are in the middle. So, I mean, moral of the story, cut the check, because I'm about to say it varies. So, yeah, um, good answers, y'all. Thanks. I tried. <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts, comments, spinoff questions while we're at it? Uh, I'm, I'm game to continue. How about you, Jerry? I think I've gotten the gist of that an of the answers within that topic all down. Okay. Next question. 
When it comes to the editing, everyone has a different order of operations. Some people edit each scene individually right after they film and then export it. And then others wait till all of the filming wraps before assembling it all together at once. Which works best for your personal particular edit process and why? Damn, I was getting an Instagram thing ready. Let, let, me, let me read that. Let me let me do a recap. Let me, let me read that too. When it comes to the editing, everyone has a different order of operations. Some edit scenes individually right after they film. Others wait till all of filming wraps before assembling it all at once. What works best for your edit process? Jaren, how about you go first? Oh, thanks, me. Why not? All right. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> when it comes to edit, when, <laughs> God, <laughs> flame it. <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> All right. So, uh, pretty for, good host. For me, Are you replacing Ellen? Yes, I'm actually. Uh, the new I mean, Jaren it does kind of sound Jaren. similar. Ellen, not Jaren. Really. The Merit Movie Show. The Merit Movie Show. The Merit Streamies. Right. It's a movie and a show. The Merit Movie <laughs> Show. <laughs> It's an experience. It's, That's what it is. A, it's a, it's a show. It's a hoot and a show. <laughs> All right, but anyways, uh, it's a movie. question. It's a great question. <laughs> it's a really great question, Jared. There's a lot of ways that I can edit things overall. But most of the time, I wait until I get all of filming completed before I decide to assemble. Mostly because sometimes I film out of order. And filming out of order, it just is sometimes easier for me. So that way, I could just like get multiple scenes within the same setting done and taken care of there's some times where it comes to a scene where i'm like yeah i think i'm gonna get this scene edited first and then just leave it on the timeline until i get everything else done but that's usually like with blank frames i like getting blank frames done and out of the way before i do anything else at least that's why i haven't started doing blank frames until sometime earlier this year and it's been kind of beneficial and just getting that stuff out of the way just makes the editing process so much easier in the long run when you just try to get everything else taken care of perfecto all right, Daniel, how about you? On the off chance that I'm working on a shorter project, I'd probably, or at least I used to, complete the entire filming process first and then start editing. But now I've found that your ideas uh, are, are more so, uh, like your energy towards editing something changes as you go along. So if I'm shooting, say, a scene from one to five, I'd shoot scene one first, edit that, and make sure that it's exactly how I envisioned it and see if I ch need to change anything so that I can kind of base it off of how it's paced in the edit, how it feels, the vibe of the entire thing, and if this is the right track to go on or if I need to rewrite anything in the script because it all, it all hinges on how it turns out as the final product. And I think <clears throat> it's important to think about what circumstances you're in. Like uh, a year ago, I was not home. And I was not in a position to film much. So I tried to uh, essentially, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a uh, stockpile footage I can edit on the road so that I would have scenes ready as soon as I got back and was ready to continue filming again. There are different cases, especially with the life that I have, uh, traveling a lot and having to be out of a space where I can work on some projects. So it also, it's also a case of the varies, but I try my best to complete something as soon as I can. And if I have everything on hand, I'll do that. Um, and other times it's, it works really, really well when it's, uh, when you're trying to find a gray area for the tone and theme of your project. So if I'm getting this straight, 
Jaren is of the mindset of waiting till everything's filmed before beginning post-production, while you're of the mindset of work on things as you go. So once you're done filming a scene, you start editing it and then you try to basically finish it before you kind of really move on to the next scene so you can kind of preserve the vision that you had from scene to scene. See, it's really funny to me, and I'm wondering if there's going to be a recurring pattern here, Um, but I'm literally in the middle of both of those answers as well. It varies, but I mean, generally speaking, I I love to dabble in a little bit of both. Again, I'm a big fan of previs, and I love doing mock uh, mock edits and tests. I love doing little test footage sequences, uh, shooting previs, storyboarding, all of that kind of stuff really gets me jazzed about what I'm working on. And the same thing goes with when I film a scene and try to edit aspects of it. I might not edit the full complete scene, but I might edit a very rough cut without any effects or anything like that. Um, just so I can preserve the vision of the scene that I had without really diving into it cold turkey. So it's like I can still continue the filmmaking process while also working on some of the editing on the side. So I kind of have a a bit of maintaining the uh, consistency from a scene shoot to a scene's edit while also not losing progress on the rest of the shoot and the rest of the edit. So I don't slow down typically, even though I've slowed down quite a bit in terms of output lately. Um, But yeah, so sometimes I lean more towards the, oh, you know what, I'll just film everything and then edit everything. And then sometimes I'm a lot more like one step at a time, really edit each individual thing to perfection and then just compile it together. In my earlier days, I would literally film a scene and edit a scene just like how Daniel does. And more recently, I've gone more of Jaren's approach of just film the entire thing and then edit. So it kind of depends. I do like breaking down my edit because it makes it a little less intimidating. It's also easier on a laptop computer uh, in terms of storage, in terms of not overheating it, in terms of uh, less software crashing. Having that bit of a breakdown really does help, at least in my mind, because it kind of keeps me focused on a much shorter end goal so I can really focus on the nitty and gritty of the details. So, yeah, I mean... It all kind of depends, but th- there's a lot to love with either approach, and I would strongly recommend you try them both and see if you kind of prefer one over the other, or if you just like to keep mixing it up like I do. How maybe you're ambidextrous and you can film and edit at the same time. Use your feet to film and your uh, <laughs> <laughs> your eyelashes to edit. Yeah, and your hands are just obviously not being used in that instance. I mean, I... I Maybe my maybe I was wrong about that answer because the last thing I edited was Under the Dark and Under the Dark was very much a, a, a traveling situation where I had to film some stuff before I left and then edit while on my trip and then get back once everything was completed. And like that was a whole nother uh, it was it was an adventure. So that that entire process is very uh, it's very mute as far as you know that linear progression of things unfortunately for you you're in a situation where i mean when it comes to editing you don't have to have the exact same process with every single thing you do and typically you should try to change things up between each project a little bit 
you don't have to stick with the same routine each time. And it's not like anyone's going to penalize you for straying away from your usual uh, not, order of not operations. Not even that, I, I'd say, but it's more so the the idea that what if your situation calls for a different form of editing? You can't exactly say that your editing software will work when you want it to work or your camera is going to work when you want it to work or you're going on a trip and your schedule is going to be exactly uh, – it, it would cater to what your filming plans are. So it's it's a coin toss. It's a roll of the dice. But it, it's, it all – yeah, again, it's a case of the varies because life – See you in the ass sometimes. And I guess it's a good piece of advice for all potential creatives. Um, prepare to adapt and overcome because there's a lot of trial and error in this process and you're bound to go through some uh, problems. You're bound to hit some trouble spots and you kind of just have to work your way through them or around them. And sometimes getting from point A to point B might not be as easy as you initially thought. So it's always good to keep an open mind about what the process might yield for you, depending on whatever project you are working on. No project is perfect. Every time you get something finished with an edit, if you think it's the perfect thing ever, you will find something that you might want to work on down the line. And yeah, you might look you might look at it here and now saying, oh, this is perfect. It can't be better. And then you look back on it later. It's like, oh, well, I could have done this or I could have done that. It's the hindsight bias. Definitely the um, hindsight bias with that. So, it, it, I mean, again, this is a growing ever-changing, ever-evolving learning form. And you just kind of got to roll with it a little bit. The whole process relies on what you film too. Are you continuing a scene where you have to reshoot or is it just a continuation of like a reverse shot of the scene that you filmed the day before? Or is it a completely different scene entirely? Because you also got to take those into consideration when uh, you know, notes on what color grading you fix in, in the edit in order to correct what distortion there might have been from day one to day two i found myself doing that a lot for episode one of under the dark like i've i had to reshoot a scene the next day or not reshoot but pick up where i left off and it turns out that the lighting situations were changed so i had to take notes of that so a key tip but a little side tip but a really important one take notes take notes as you go along write it down what do you need to fix in the edit and what do you need to fix while filming because it's a mixed bag and you could really use the extra uh foresight i have one other question that's kind of relevant to this that isn't on the outline it shouldn't take too terribly long but it's another thing that kind of i'm joking Popped up in my head. How dare you? This has been 20 minutes and you want to deviate. Who would deviate from the outline? I mean, what? Get wrecked. So this is kind of a similar question in a sense, regardless of whether or not you edit during the shooting process or afterward. Do you still like to independently edit your scenes and export them and then condense your timeline? Or do you like to just work with the entirety of the project in one editing file? (laughs) I used to do that actually, funny enough. Funny enough, I used to export a lot of the scenes on their own just for space purposes, just to make things easier when it comes to organizing a, an over 40 scene edit overall, it just kind of, but lately I've been just putting everything into a timeline, albeit that's not the best, most recommended idea. Honestly, I'd rather rec- suggest do scenes, but scene by scene. But for me, I just I just feel more comfortable put throwing everything into one giant timeline and putting everything there and just organizing it that way more so than just, you know, exporting scene by scene now, because it just seems easier to me to just go back and have everything 
already there in my uh, bins and everything else. Uh, Daniel, how about you? Uh, sorry, Jaren, you continue your point. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> my bad. I. It's yeah. This is also really. Uh, this is a, a yeah, Jaren. This is a hilarious instance because. I have several files depending on the scene. So if it's, like I said earlier, scene one to five, I would have an edit for scene one, scene two, scene three, and scene four before I get to the fifth one, which would be the entirety of it. So I'd have separate edits to do each individual scene and then one edit where I could do a compilation of all and add additional, you know, post-production whatever's that I need in order to complete it. But as far as the base scenes are concerned, I break it down and tend to condense them as best as I can. So I have more of a hold of what's going on with one scene. I don't want to have to control A or command A, depending on what you're working on, and shift the entire project only for um, you know your entire computer to crash or uh, or the whole project to just like completely erupt because it's not meant to be lined up that way. I like to take things step by step so that I know that one scene is locked and then the next scene is locked. So when I stitch it all together, it would be perfect in a sense. It's not, you know, it's not going to be disrupted by anything else in the workflow. Yeah, I love how you two are consistently in opposition, polar opposites here. Um, me, Jer- I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like how I'm just like in the middle of the yeah, you're the, you're the referee. I do you're, you're, you're the you're the moderator of this fight. Although funny enough, there are times where I end up exporting some scenes with just the dialogue, and then I make it separate file for sound effects yes, and just exactly. sound design or music design. Yeah, that's well, all. Again, another... it, like th- so so more now that I think about it, I'm on the same I'm on the same coin with Daniel hey. this time around, kind of with that because. There are times where I do that, though it's just not often that I do. So you you would say you're a little bit of both. And Daniel, you also said you do a little bit of both. Kind of. I I, I ran through the issue uh, with uh, the Black Ant, I remember, where the entire thing would just stop working. And I can't watch the video playback because there are way too many things on the timeline. So it would be much better to do things individually now, especially with the circumstances where I have so many elements put in, be it sound effects or or music or dialogue or mouth animations. There's so many moving pieces that I can't afford to have a thousand elements just for two scenes when I have another scene to work on to complete and perfect. So that's a whole nother edit. I have an edit for the sound design. Thank you for bringing that up, Jaren. I have an edit for the sound design, the music, and actually, no, the music is in the final edit. I do that to with the credits and the complete. The complete edit has the credits and the music. Uh, the prior, like the priority uh, edit that I do for the scene has the sound effects and uh, visual effects as well as the mouth animation. So it's very baseline stuff for the uh, original edit. So I've I have a lot. I'm going to say that, like, Jaren, it still kind of does seem that you lean towards doing it all in the same project file, even though you also tend to also export individual scenes and Damn individual Michael, we properties, were on the same side. Too, but it was a lie. Um, and Daniel, you seem to be more of the, like, individual approach because you've tried to do the bigger edit. So you kind of both have done both things. So it really does truly vary. We're a lot more neutral yeah. on this one than we were on some of the other ones. All of my editors in the comments uh, 
let me know if you also do the final edit, edit, or final edit, 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 or final, <laughs> final edit. edit mark yeah, two. Like, exactly. Let me know if you do that. Final official uh, version. Yeah. <laughs> be it project files or the final render. We all do that. Don't lie. Yeah, we do. Say yes or you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's something we all sort can of. agree on. Um, for me, again, I also have done the big full edits with every single little element sprinkled through. And I've also edited individual scenes with all the elements sprinkled in and then exported each scene and then just simply compiled those scenes together into one timeline. So it's like I took care of all the main editing first, export it, and then just collapsed it into the um, like a final assembly cut. It really depends on the project that I'm working on with live action assets. It's a lot harder to mix in a bunch of different elements for me because uh, recording live action footage is actually more uh, storage consuming than stop motion animation and uh, photographs, ironically enough, depending on the resolution and depending on the frame rate and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole bunch of uh, additional factors that coincide with it. Um, when it comes to stop motion, too, I mean, I've. I also really enjoy having the individual scene exports if I just want to go back and rewatch one particular scene. So sometimes I might have everything in one big timeline, but I might export certain like pieces of that timeline. Sometimes I might copy the elements of a particular scene and open a new project file just so it's also in a separated place. So sometimes I edit a scene individually. And then I copy all the elements within that timeline and I paste them into a new project file with all the other scenes and their elements um, from the individual project edits and all of that data is in one big edit. So it really kind of just fluctuates. It depends on what I'm working on, how I'm feeling, uh, how involved the project is, um, how much time I've already spent on it, if I've had any issues with it glitching or crashing. For general users and for people who don't have um, expensive gear when it comes to editing. I would personally recommend editing scenes individually, independently over editing everything in one big project file, because it's definitely going to risk your storage capacity and the quality over time, especially making yourself more prone to crashing if you have all of those elements in one big project edit. So if you break it down, that's a lot less variables for your uh, technology to have to process and it might make it easier for you to get all the editing done even though you're spacing it out and you're kind of taking more time to do each thing independently if you have technology that's limited in the storage in the power capacity it might be worthwhile to edit independently first here's a fun side question do you guys and this is for you individually do you guys have tidy timelines or do you have messy timelines like do you name Jaren, you each individual layer Mine's kind of messy. Uh, if you look at it from a distance, it looks nice. It looks very nice and clean. If you squint. But if you expand that timeline open, you will see a piece of dialogue. And then like seconds later, you on that same layer, you'd see a sound effect or some, some kind of cue. Or you'd see like a sound, two sound effects like 
overlapping or just like immediately like clashing with one another. Up close, it looks gross. From a distance, it somehow looks fine. Put that on a shirt. But I tend to do a lot of layers when it comes to that. That's a really good question. And Daniel, I want you to go next because I think you two actually agree on the messy timeline here. Actually, <laughs> I think you guys are on the exact. No, on when the you contrary. edit the podcast, when on you the edit contrary. the podcast, Listen, it's a mess. <laughs> we're talking about editing stop motion. This is an animators assembled podcast, not an <laughs> animators assembled podcast how to. I edit my stop motions with several layers that are named and it's relatively tidy specifically for what it's supposed to do any more than that i i can't handle the the mess i used to have like it was it used to be like a, a really messy station but i learned my lesson because when it comes to having to look for that sound effect to either replace it or change it or move it so that it's timed better i think it benefits uh, the project benefits from you having control of where it sits or be it a text or, or audio. I think it's just important to know where those elements lie on a, uh, on a timeline. Okay. I'm going to say that obviously, again, depending on the project, depending on how difficult it is and what exactly I'm working with, it could change. It could, it can be completely different. No two timelines will ever look alike, but as a general rule of thumb, I like to keep my timelines as organized as possible. So when it comes to the visual layers, I like to keep footage layers like bare bones stop motion separate from the chroma key background layers, separate from the visual effects layers, separate from any titles or graphic layers like that. Uh, from the audio side, I like to keep the voice acting and dialogue lines on separate layers from sound effects. And there might be multiple layers kind of caked together. Like there might be multiple sound effects that have to be layered. But I still like to have the dialogue, the sound effects all within the same spot and then music underneath that. If there's any other audio related stuff that's needed, then it's thrown in accordingly based on those layers. I kind of try to keep things as organized as possible. Sometimes these layers can get even more expanded. Sometimes I have dedicated layers to dedicated performers. So, okay, I'm working with this person's audio and say their mic was a little bit on the quieter side. I might just raise the audio across that entire layer for that one particular performer and vice versa. If one performer has something that's too loud, I might have them on a individual layer. Um, so that way their audio can be adjusted accordingly without having to interfere with anyone else's in the same spot. It's also a good thing to acknowledge the fact that we are all talking about uh, NLEs or nonlinear editors. Um, so this is like your Adobe Premiere Pro, your DaVinci Resolve, your After Effects, uh, your uh, HitFilm Express, your Camtasia, uh, Magic's Movie Edit, Final Cut. There's a bunch of different editing softwares where you have these stacked elements on top of each other in the timeline. And then you have editors that are more or less called storyboard editors, which are your movie makers and your iMovies, where you have a lot less layers because you only have like one layer dedicated to all video footage or maybe one or two, but it's a little less uh, clean. It's a little bit blockier and it's like you kind of tie different elements to certain things within it. So like sometimes, at least from my experience with editing on iMovie, you'd have to tie text to a video clip or you have to tie an effect to a particular video clip rather than having a separate layer for those kinds of elements. So when we're talking about editing and timelines and all that stuff, we're referring to the more heavy hitter type of video editing software and not so much the um, 
cheaper and sort of easier to use right off the bat type software. Um, so sorry for that little uh, side note tangent, but I thought that that was worth explaining to people who might not know all that goes into video editing the way that we do. So yeah, excellent question, Daniel. That was that was fantastic. That was a very good question, yes. There are a lot of elements to juggle when working in editing. You have camera angles, footage, performances, such as like voice work and stop motion or live action portrayals in live action media. Um, you have music, sound effects, visual effects, graphics. Sometimes you might have like 3D animated elements and assets. Um, and there are a whole bunch of other aspects that can make up a final video. If you are able to pick any one of these elements, which is your favorite and which is your least favorite to work with and why? Jaren, would you like to start us off? I think one of my favorite aspects to do is visual effects as a whole, because there's just some great things you can come up, come up with. You could grade your, your works to look phenomenal in post. You can also just find so many good effects that to help enhance the thing if you're not very good at practical animations for like say a gunshot or like I mentioned earlier an explosion you can't have some action figure magically falling down 50 feet in the air so green screen it you pop you toss it into the editing software and bada bing bada boom you have a you know you your green screen green screen I'm kind of going on a tangent there when it comes to that but more or less it's just really fun when it comes to just figuring out what kind of visual effects could work to help enhance the scene. Granted, there are times where I feel like I struggle with it because it's always hard for me to just see, oh, I'm not sure what gunshot I'm going to use for this. Oh, I'm not entirely sure what kind of effect I'm going to use to get a nice smoky element. Do I get a stock one and just reuse that same stock over and over? Or do I somehow manage to try to use the in effects for say like After Effects or Hit Film with some of the with some of their assets to make custom smoke you know it's just very kind of interesting to me with that with that but if i had to choose least favorite <laughs> i'd have to say performances just voice work overall when it comes to stop motion yours or someone where, else's uh just working with it in general there's times where <laughs> i just i feel saved like i'm just not sure how i'm able to cut these to where it sounds like natural acting with one another but i always do my best to make sure it sounds natural and doesn't seem like there's way too long of a pause when it comes to some guy saying like, oh, hey, I'm saying this. And then I say something rather than being like, oh, hey, I'm saying this. And then I say this. It's really tricky and sometimes it just bugs me when I when I get a scene wrapped and I just play it back and I just hear it, hear everything just very awkward with one another. And I'm like, man, and there's times in, and there's times after I've already posted the video where it's, it seems just like that. And you also got to worry about it. All the performance work going way too fast as well, because. And be are like, you hey, are I you the kind of editor who, when you hear something like that, go back to the voice actors and ask them to redo it? Or do you just bite the bullet and deal with what you got? For the most part, I tend to bite the bullet and just see how it feels overall after doing a couple test runs. Mm. But if it really boils down to it, I would message the voice actor and ask for an additional take here and there when it comes to the performance they gave, mostly because listening and just hearing all the all the characters and the and the recordings with all the that all the voice actors do and all now in within the aesthetic of the scene i could give an idea and give a better explanation as to like what they should do right how they should emote that better yada 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 yeah it's it's the job of a uh, writer director animator editor to do something like it's that it's very tricky when you do that overall but in the long run if you can manage to balance all of them well 
you you can make some really good stuff whether you're a starter senior at an animating etc it's just it's kind of crazy and just kind of cool just to see what people can make out there yeah daniel your move so my favorite part of the process is editing that's my favorite part of editing and my least favorite part of the process is editing i despise editing no i'm Whoa, joking I agree. Um, that's groundbreaking yeah i know that's right cinema. like everybody hands up if you relate uh like comment share and subscribe if you relate uh please share i so i really like the 180 degree rule i get a lot of crap for uh breaking it and and working uh, working within those parameters but i literally have a strip of tape that i tape to my computer if i don't have a digital ruler to put on my screen just to see that the eye lines match up so if you measure the scene where joker's talking to harleen quinzel be it a a uh a, a wide shot or a, a single or a double. If you can see their shot reverse shot and you measure their eye lines, they're actually pretty well matched because I was really anal retentive about that. But I wouldn't say that's my favorite part. Um, I'm more so leaning towards the sound effects. I am a sound design junkie. So when it comes to really good sound design, I'm just like, I'm, I'm full, full speed ahead. I, I love it. I I work as hard as I can to make sure it sounds great, sounds realistic. Uh, usually I go, I'm very Michael Mann in Heat, where if a gunshot doesn't sound as real as it's supposed to, I'll go back and find something more accurate. Um, fight sound effects are really hard to come by, so when you get get that really great sound of someone getting hit, you have a hit. And I, I really love how that works. And the swooshing and swashing, the, the the explosions, the footsteps, the whole shebang. And I'm a really big fan of that, uh, that process. My least favorite part, and I already mentioned it earlier, screw mouth animations because... <laughs> You gotta that's do an it ish frame. you, not an ish anybody else. That's that that's fair. I but then again, I the question was raised. Um so mouth animations suck. For uh I I'm not really a fan of doing it, even though it does pay off. I think it pays off. Um you gotta do it frame by frame. You gotta match the inflection of the voice actor saying it, and uh and it doesn't like sometimes it doesn't even work in your favor because uh, you know, it, it either doesn't match up well, you got to go back and fix it, or uh, you change the script later on and decide that it's not actually being used, or so many elements that lead up to the mouth animations just being an even worse pain than it was. Generally speaking, if we were to talk about stuff that isn't an issue for anyone else, or rather is an issue for everyone else and not just me... um. Uh, finding good visual effects can be really tough. Like you either make it from scratch or you try to find something that other people probably have already used in their videos. So I tend to look for stock uh, green screen elements or visual effects elements that haven't been used by other people or at least have been less so. Um, and to cheat my way out of that, I... Uh, I flip it 180 degrees. So if something's if something's facing left, I'll face it right, like a uh, like a cloud of uh, fo uh, fog or smoke, um, and try to hide the any sign of 
reuse anywhere else. Same goes for sound effects. If I know that someone's already used it before in the past, I'll try my best to make sure that I'm trying make keep it refreshing and make sure that uh, it feels new to the people watching it. Because if you, it, I, for me anyway, it takes me out of the experience if I'm watching a visual effect that I've seen used before only in a different angle or a different color or fashion. And it takes me out of it because I know I've seen it before and it's like the Wilhelm scream almost. So I got to make sure it's not only unique, but original even, and it's used in a completely different context. So yeah, something like pouring gasoline could be a fountain of water, but it's just in a different color and it's very differently uh, animated to your purpose of uh, usage. So for me, my answer kind of depends on what I'm like, what exactly I'm editing. So for certain, it kind of depends on if I'm working on like a live action uh, short film of some kind versus a stop motion versus maybe like a, a stage performance that I'm filming and editing. Um, it really kind of depends on those things. Um I think one that's consistent across the board, like I also kind of think that um, there's a bit of a love hate between every single thing. I, I love every single part of the editing process and also absolutely loathe it at the same time. So Daniel was not far off for me. I, I kind of agreed with Jaron's sentiments on trying to match up different performances and different, not only that, but just different voice actor recording sessions and their way of going about recording. Some people give you way more takes with a lot of variety. Some people might only give you a couple that they feel is the definitive take for their performance. So you kind of have to work within those parameters. Um, in live action, sometimes there might be something you really like from one take, one shot, but then there's something you don't like, and then you look to another shot to see which one has more of what you're looking for rather than more of what you're not looking for, and you kind of have to pick a lesser of the two evils. So I think between live action and stop motion, I think finding the right takes can be both something that I love and something that I hate. In terms of something that I always love to do, I love when I'm able to... um combine different music with camera cutting. I love when I'm able to kind of like time certain in-camera actions to the beat of soundtracks, to the sound effects. Like I love when I have a certain song or certain um, instrumental percussion of some kind in mind. I love when I'm able to sort of complement that with the visuals that are being presented on screen. Um, so that's always something that I love across the board, whether it's live action or stop motion or on stage, if I can time whatever's uh, on screen with whatever's in your ears, that that always gets me hype when I'm in an edit. And it actually can, if it really does work out the way I envision it, or if I test it out and it turns out better than I thought, it can really, um, it can really increase my um, satisfaction and my excitement for what I'm working on. Something I will always, always hate as a least favorite. It's trying to um, do compositing and visual effects work and heavy duty effects finding and seeking because it's so difficult to find good effects. And it's even harder to do visual effects and audio effects. I think I have a bit of a knack for doing sound effects when I have the time, when I have the right materials. I love recording my own sound effects too. But with visual effects, it's so hard to find what you're looking for. 
And it's so hard to execute a shot that you have on chroma key backdrop with whatever's out there in the world. I love shooting with practical set pieces because everything is right there in front of you and you know exactly what you're working with. Unless if you know all of the assets and elements you're working with when you're shooting on chroma key from the start, it's a lot harder to shoot one of those scenes and then have to figure out, all right, how can I use what I've shot with whatever assets are out there? Um, and it's also really difficult. There's a lot of trial and error. You have to do a lot of cleanup. You have to do a lot of adjustment, tweaking, and it can get very frustrating. It can make your technology prone to a lot of crashes, a lot of glitches. Um, you might have artifacts in there that you don't want at all. Random things that pop up like a random glitch or something that really kills your motivation to keep working on it after you've worked so hard and you export it and you watch it back only to see that something wrong happened with it it could be a complete buzzkill on a project for me any other thoughts or comments on this topic while we're on i mean it? i you guys both touched on the voice acting uh element and i feel like a bum to not have my uh i, I will give my two cents no one asked for it but um I think, yeah, performances are pretty important. And uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. It's really crucial to have a hold of not just the filming aspect or the editing aspect, but you want to have everything done in the pre-production phases first in the script writing so that it's all detailed and you give directions in the script so that you're, it doesn't get distorted by a lack of communication with what the material that you give your performers and i think that's really important too because if they don't have anything to work with they'll make it up in their head and there's nothing wrong with improvising because they are also you know they're creating their own characters too and they have their own idea of what they want to make but you don't want to necessarily compromise because you weren't able to communicate it properly and i think it's important that you trust your voice actors to do the best that they can with what you give them are we ready for the next question? I'd say we are. What about you, Jaren? I think so as well. Okie dokie. So there are a bunch of editing programs on the market for creators to take advantage of now more than ever. What do you look for in an editing program and which programs would you recommend the most for meeting your needs? I usually look for an editing program that can necessarily do all the basic needs and then some. I know the software can do it, therefore I'm going to film to the specifications of knowing I can do that with the editing software I have. So like, for example, if I want to do green screen, I want to make sure I look for a software that can have green screen elements within it. The past few years, I have been using HitFilm and recent, much recently, like the past year, Adobe for Premiere and After Effects. And they both have been very beneficial with a bunch of the effects they have, the recommendations, and just all the other stuff that they have out there. And there's a bunch of tutorials on YouTube, on things like Skillshare, whatever, that you can basically find and figure out how to make what you want to do a reality in the post-production process. You should work with what you got essentially overall. I started off with Windows Movie Maker back when I was back when I first started yes. to stop motion pioneer. Animation. Yes, I am very much a pioneer, and I had to work with one timeline. And I had to export it many times so that I can get dialogue in, sound effects in, 
and then music in, and then possibly another one just in case there was more I had to do. But now I'm grateful to, that there's better options out there for people like Da Vinci. I don't use Da Vinci, but that's a good example. <laughs> yeah. And just put layers up and well, you can just get your stuff done better now, especially with just all the opportunities out. There's also great phone apps from what I've heard. I don't use my phone to edit it anymore, but I don't think I've ever used a period to edit, but it's just crazy that there's just so many softwares that people can just do. But Adobe and HitFilm have met my needs the most in, in the end with this question. Uh, the movie Yola isn't necessarily comprehensive, so I would not recommend. Um, I do like, uh, like Jaron said, you only have one purpose, and that's to stitch together a bunch of things and hope for the best to create the project that you're trying to make, be it iMovie or something that you have to pay for. Well, I think some people have to pay for iMovie. I might be stupid. But you, you just got to get the job done. It doesn't matter how you do it. Camtasia, we talked about it in a, 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 a duo episode. Camtasia is not meant for heavy duty film editing workloads, but that's what I use all the time. Heck, that's what I use to edit the podcast. It's meant to uh, be a more of a presentation business type layout software than it is for uh, narrative productions. So... If it works, it works, right? It doesn't have to be anything special. Although you can go the extra mile to use something like DaVinci or After Effects or Premiere to make something work if it calls for it because those offer a bunch of other features that, you know, your standard editing software might not. But yeah, if if your vision is is uh, being communicated through the means that you have, and I joked about the movie Yola, but that's how they used to work way back when and it was effective for them and they put out some really good stuff it shouldn't it shouldn't really change the vision in the end so maybe if if i were to like touch on something else that is a bit of a bother and i'm not you know throwing shade at anybody i'm not a, i'm not too big on watermarks so i don't work on i i haven't worked on nor will I want to work on a program with watermarks. That doesn't mean your content will be any less sophisticated or any less special, but that's just a personal preference on my end. I don't deal in uh, watermarks. I'm kind of with Jaron on what he expects from an editing program. For me, I look at versatility and flexibility. I look for something that can meet any of my current existing needs, as well as potential needs that I might not have right now, but I might need later on. I settled on HitFilm when I initially came back to the stop motion world. I really liked HitFilm and I used that as my daily driver video editor uh, for a long span of time. It was very good for my live action and my stop motion filmmaking needs. And I still go back and revisit it. Things that you can do with uh, like how you go about executing this particular process is a little bit more straightforward with it than say another editing software. Although more recently, I've actually switched to DaVinci Resolve for most of my main daily driver needs because DaVinci Resolve had some of the functions and features that HitFilm did not, especially in terms of like audio fixing. So because HitFilm no longer met the needs that I had at the time, I needed to migrate to another video editing software that had more of those needs. And both HitFilm, I should mention HitFilm and DaVinci Resolve, both have free versions that you can easily get 
It's very easy to download them. They're not very easy to learn, but there's a bunch of tutorials on YouTube from a bunch of different creators that can show you the ropes. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different things that you can get out of different software. There's a bunch of different programs that are out there. But for me, I look for versatility and flexibility and also affordability too, because I'm not made of money and most creators aren't. My personal recommends would be DaVinci Resolve and HitFilm. Although, bit of a warning, HitFilm is a compositor, so there's a lot of extra baggage and bulk and export times can be very long and it doesn't always have the best audio functions. And DaVinci Resolve relies on a new form of video editing that we actually haven't talked about called node editing. It's kind of like a flow chart in a sense, and you just connect different elements together. Sometimes you do have timeline and storyboard editing options, but a lot of things also can and need to be done through nodes. So it is another thing you kind of just have to work around if you do utilize that. You just got to hope that uh, the pros outweigh the cons and you just have to find what works best for your workflow. Okay, we have one more question left. So last but not least, editing is a collaborative thing. Even if you're working solo, you still rely on others to make things work. I spelled it wrong in the outline, so that's kind of funny. Sometimes you may be an editor tasked with carrying out the vision of another creator. Uh, Jaron, in your personal and professional experience, you've actually been the main editor of other people's stop motion animation. So what's the best and worst part about working with others in the editing process? I think the best part is just getting to help make their ideas a reality when it comes to making a stop motion for them not not necessarily recording for them but just editing because you know this isn't a filming episode this is an editing episode but yeah uh it's just fun doing that and just fun collaborating just always seeing what what they like what they want you to get feedback on etc just so that way you make it to the best of their ability like for example uh me and unraveled worked together on a couple of marvel projects over the past couple of years we worked on two series actually uh, where I picked up the editing process for the finale of his Avengers Infinity War project. And then I was the main editor for the entirety of his Avengers Endgame series. It was a fun time. However, you're you're both trying to like explain things properly and trying to explain how and understand one another with how it's supposed to be shown during the edit or during during the cut. But you just end up accidentally kind of just stressing and saying, you know what, let's just let's call it for a day. And then usually the next day we'd just be fine we'd be fine getting it figured out. But that'd be usually for like an, a special effects thing. It would not be for like the project overall. I think it's fun working with other creators. I also work with uh, MK Former Wen on a couple of his projects. We also have some ideas. <laughs> the director of Christ. Oh my God. Our previous podcast guest. Oh really? Yeah, check it out guys. Wow. But yeah, we worked on a Christmas special together last year and that was really fun. I, did, I worked on a lot of the special, the, the sound effect design and he was able to easily give me ideas and just feedback on oh hey lower the volume on these hey do this because we were on a time crunch we were on a severe time crunch we missed our delivery thing but we were still trying to get it out by the end of the year overall nonetheless luckily we were able to but it's just one of those things where you're just like you got to work really fast and you got to work really hard together in order to make what they want a reality or if you want to make what you want a reality all right daniel what about you I think the best part about working with other creators for their projects, and I have done it for, well, I've made a bunch of, you know, channel intros. So that's always part of somewhat in part collaboration because you get a little bit of what they want and what you want is your style as a, an editor. And it's always great that they either, if you're the sole editor of something that they place 
full faith in you when you're working on something that they uh they have their imprint on um and it's another thing when you're equally matched for the workload that uh the edit calls for and i think the my my favorite part about that is just being able to meet in the middle and uh, and discover what works best for a project that you might have not seen before um something like that would be uh, i remember when i was there was this 180 degree rule break in under the dark and the camera kind of rotates around harleen quinzel and joker and the first time i showed michael he was like that's i am i just got whiplashed and that is re a really harsh camera move and so we kind of figured out a way to balance out the speed and then i was able to incorporate that in the final edit i think he, he did you edit that on a phone i yeah i did some so i kind of mentioned the fact that i love doing little like rough edits and stuff i kind of went back and i took screen recordings of that footage and looked at like i've tried to manipulate the settings within my editing programs to try and demonstrate the effect that i think he could achieve with obviously much more higher grade editing software to kind of just showcase my point so i think you ended up achieving the final result using your program based on how i demonstrated it with my right. rough mock edit of it and another uh i also uh, refer to the when Frankie's loading the briefcase with with cash it is I didn't shoot enough frames for that and I didn't have enough time to do so I, my trip was literally the next day and I was really crunched for time so uh I I, I kind of looked around to see my other options if I could uh, slow the clip down and and see how that would look but it looked a little choppy and then Michael suggested that I would ping pong the footage to make it look like he's uh, taking a little I think bit originally longer. I did I suggested ping-ponging it but because I couldn't do that with my means I did a demonstration with just straight up repeating the motion and it didn't look too jarring but it obviously would look smoother by ping-ponging it right so that's Again, the, that, reversing that's the best part. it back yeah. and forth yeah of course but yeah that's that's what I think the best part is being able to collaborate and share ideas to suit your your vision in the best way possible because it's you know, it's going to be an eventual, you're eventually going to get there. Might as well do it with the best people. The worst part is also attached to the best part. And in that collaboration, uh, it requires a lot of all, it requires all hands on deck. And when you're communicating through social media or text or just through the means of visually trying to get your point across, even though you can't get your point across because it's a lot harder, it's easier said than done. That can be uh, that that could be a huge gap between getting closer to your vision and kind of de deteriorating what ends up being seen because you can't fully communicate what you want to the other person when it's uh, when it's you know overseas. And this isn't always going to be the case. I just found that to be a personal struggle. Like if you're trying to work on something in a collaborative effort it's best to be in the same room so you can kind of show someone how to do it which is why most of the time editors and their directors are in the same usually in the same booth i really think the best part about working with someone is being able to kind of just you you can kind of get out of your own head a little bit um and not only kind of carry like if you're the editor for someone else 
um, you can kind of kind of take the burden off of them and maybe showcase what your perspective is on a project. You can give insight that maybe they can't think of. And if someone else is adding for you, you can kind of compromise and bring new ideas to the table. And doing that will allow a sort of freshness to come in. You're not solely a tunnel vision on what you think is the right idea. You kind of have a little bit of play and give and experimentation with whatever it is you're working on. So having that ability to just create with somebody else rather than just doing it all alone, the collaboration in and of itself can be really special. And you could come up with stuff that maybe you wouldn't have come up with alone. Maybe some of your best solutions are not within what you can think of on your own, but more so what others can provide for you and vice versa. But the worst part is also not being able to um, communicate, not being able to establish that common ground, not being able to execute either person's vision to the fullest potential, not being able to... Are we talking about this from a perspective of an editor or a a director directing an editor or both both of your editors? Both. It's literally both from a directing and editing perspective. Both of my answers can be seen as um, because as a director, you're really focusing on trying to execute your brain child. You're really trying to bring that to fruition. And as an editor, you know how to manipulate the software, the assets in order to sort of bring together a result that might work. And sometimes you're in a position where it's like, I have to do this myself, but you might not know how. And it, it could be very tricky trying to find the the right thing that everyone is looking for. And sometimes you might not get there. So it can be really exhausting. It can be really frustrating, especially if you can't communicate about what each other wants or expects from whatever you're doing or working on. It can be a bit of a challenge trying to put your minds together and see what will ultimately be for the best for all involved. It would be nice to do pull this collaboration off in the same room one day it'll happen yeah it would be it would be really groovy if you could just be in the same space like it, it could be really exciting don't be discouraged if your edits don't resemble what you're hoping for it's it's going to take a lot of time and you will get better if you really fight through it there's a lot of different things that are at play there's a lot of different experiences that you might not even have. There are experiences that I don't even have yet as an editor in all of my experience. And I'm sure the same could be said for Daniel and Jaren. We're still trying to be the best versions of ourselves. And every project is a different beast. You might have different things expected of a project. Some projects might be more effects heavy. Some might be less. It all depends on what it is you're working on, but don't lose hope. And it was a joke I made earlier about every export having final edit, edit or final edit one or two. But that's so real. You know, it it might be a joke, but it's so it happens to all of us. And it's the reason it happens is because not everything will turn out the way you expected it to be. And not everything should, because if everything is, you know, very by the book and if everything is uh, strict to the script, then, you know, it's it might just turn out to be lacking a little bit of personality that you could have involved because of the very human experience that is strenuous editing. Speaking of jokes, I have been Project 422 Films. And I've been Stealthabot. And we're Project Stealthabot. And I am uh, Jaren. Before we go, we're going to have a little bit of fun uh, with a little bit of a like a game. We've been doing some of these in the more recent episodes right before that. 
Again, we all have different social media handles. If you're watching this through YouTube, you could probably see all the different uh, usernames that we have for our different platforms. So feel free to check out what we're working on. Feel free to check out the Animators Assembled social media, as well as the Discord. There's a lot of good stuff. And um, hopefully you'll stay tuned for uh, what's in store. And hopefully you'll go back and revisit what we've already done. This is our 11th episode. We've already made 10 of these and this is our 11th. So that's pretty exciting. And we still got a couple more left to do uh, before we close out the podcast for now. Season one. Uh, assuming we get renewed and greenlit for season two. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, so... With all of that said and done, thank you all for tuning in. Now it's time for a game. We're going to play Would You Rather Editor Whoa. Edition. So how this yeah. will work, each of us has... Yeah. Each of us... <laughs> Audience applause. Yeah. You guys are so screwed now. Uh, so each of us has a Would You Rather question that we are going to present to the other two. And we're going to see who has the most uh, daunting would you rather uh, dilemma. That one. Yeah, I agree. That one. Uh, who would like to go first? Well, I don't have a question still. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, uh, Daniel. Do you have one? I do. I do. I came prepared. Take it away. Uh, so would you rather have your editing software crash constantly on a deadline Oh, by the way, these aren't yin and yang, so there's no way these two are going to connect. It's not like, you know, you get, would you rather? So would you rather have your editing software crash constantly on a deadline or not have video playback during workflow? Oh, God. Damn, Jaren, go first. No, you. Oh, fuck. Um, okay, so no playback during the edit like you can't see anything that you're editing you just yeah. have to go with it that, or okay, okay, not, that's, not that's like playback playback i'd say like it would stop like you can't prop it's not visible it's let's say it runs at uh two frames per second i get more anxiety over crashing because i don't know how much progress might have been lost or when the last time i saved adobe does have autosave hitfilm is a great autosave DaVinci doesn't have great autosave, but it does it, it like has like a little indicator of when you really should save it again. But I'm used to glitchy playback. I'm kind of normal with that. I'm kind of good at editing with playback errors. So I'd rather have the playback errors than the constant worry about whether or not what I've worked on has saved and having to close out the software and reopen the software. I think that's a much bigger hassle than just not having decent playback because I could always export it and then watch it back and be like, okay, maybe there's an issue here and I have to go to that particular spot based on that rough export of a scene. I can make do with glitchy playback. So that's that's my would you rather. Jaren, what about you? I'm going to have to agree with Michael on this. I think I'd rather deal with a laggy uh, viewport display rather than consistent crashing because funny enough, I've dealt with both quite a bit in the past. And more or less, I've just learn to just adjust and just overcome and adapt with each problem because there'd be days where my viewport display would just be decide to be laggy with my effects and with everything going on so it'd just be a bunch of slowness and i'd be like okay are these audio syncing up to the head movements the arm movements yeah yada 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 or are they not and then with there'd be some days where it's just like i'm simply trying to undo something and all of a sudden hit film has crashed but yeah that's i don't know i can't expand much about beyond that because it's more or less kind of the same with me. Daniel, do you have Sounds a preference? Great. 
I mean, <laughs> this is the, I, yeah, I'm on the same page as Jaren. I've dealt with both and both suck. But if I were to pick one, I'd get rid of the crashing because uh, typically with the software I use, I hardly ever get to retrieve stuff that crash. So I, you I have to work would, from scratch or I have to work from yeah. the last point you saved. And that's typically my experience too with it. So or I'd it rather doesn't save like in between like you save and the spinning wheel keeps on spinning forever. And then it says not responding. And then you don't oh remember when the God. last time you saved was. So we get stuck and then you go back and then you have to start from scratch. And, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because the last time that happened to me, I was able to think of something to improve upon for that but at the same yeah, time sometimes it gives you an a, opportunity but it's always a pain in the it's ass a, it's a pain in the dick yeah i got an interesting one there's no software that's like this but it's a very interesting question would you rather deal with editing with one layer of video or one layer of audio Shit. i think it's obvious no answer that is but like for example for me i I'd, <laughs> I'd probably choose one layer of video because i'd be able to just export everything above export everything once i'm done with just the music and everything else and then just put the vfx up oh i know yeah you that's be able a to good one i really like that's that. such a difficult question i love it how would you handle think... vfx if you can't add layers for video i'll go i'll go with the uh i'll go with the video oh yeah i'd rather work with one layer of video because like i said earlier i'm a junkie for sound design so I, I want to have all that space for everything else and video or visual effects can, uh, you know, suppose that you don't have a lot of, you don't require a lot of visual effects and have everything practically for a fight scene. You would need majority of, uh, that for sound design. And let's, I'm just going to cross my fingers that, uh, color grading is, uh, implied. I, I have a creative answer for this. <laughs> I would rather have one layer of audio if that one layer of audio can be voice recording i could i could do live performance sound mixing oh, through oh, other man. means i no, could have I my music my sound effects i could have my voice acting all of that stuff can be recorded live in a recording audio track that way i have the layers for the visual effects and the text and the uh actual footage in and of itself because it would be physically impossible to do all of that with one layer of visual footage unless if you had outside sources you would have to find other ways to layer that footage because you wouldn't be able to layer it if you only had one video footage layer whereas you could record audio in real time with recording footage in real time you can't do all the live effects that you unless if you're a weatherman and you got that kind of technology at your disposal and even then you might not be able to execute everything you need and that still requires actual additional layering beyond something but it would be much less of a headache to record audio performance of music sound and voice and performance uh, vocally than it would be to uh try and layer visuals with one I layer. Thought you're, so that's why I'm picking one layer of audio. I thought your loophole was if this is a video editing software, you just work on the audio in another file and then use that one layer to your advantage. After I mean, technically speaking, you could do that too. But hypothetically, if you only have the one software to work with and there aren't any other options, what you could still world. do a live audio performance. Wow. Ironic. I'm the one who disagreed and y'all were in agreement. Okay. <laughs> so Ooh, would you rather 
edit a video solely based on how someone else describes it to you without seeing it or hearing it for yourself? Or would you rather edit a video without ever undoing any action you perform during the editing process? Oh, screw that. As in you're not allowed to undo anything that you oh, work on yourself. The former, the former, oh, the 100%. Person, oh, the former, yeah. Am I, am I oh, stupid? Man, I would hate to see what the, what the result would be if I could not undo anything. Is deleting possible? That's the question. That's my question. Or no. 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 Oh, the oh former. You, the former. you choose oh, the former God. or you're uh, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, um, undoing the action does not mean closing out of the project and then starting from scratch. I don't care. Or starting a new project so where you can I do it differently. Throw something on, see it. And if I don't like it, I close out and reopen. What a waste of time. As, well, as in you'd have to repeat all of the edits that you've done prior to that point in a new project Cringe. before you made the screw up. Cringe. Hang on. Okay, describe describe by someone. Like would someone you say... else. It's literally like Battleship. Okay. Okay. Someone has a pair of headphones yeah, on. That you one. You don't get to see the screen. Nothing. You just solely go <laughs> off of what they say. That one. That one. That one. Are we all in agreement on it? Oh, yeah. Are we all smart? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we are. Woo. Wow, that was fun, you guys. Um, <laughs> wow, that was, yeah, guys, that was really, really fun. I, yeah, I think that was a fun little game we got there. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty fun. And we officially surpassed the two-hour mark in the recording, so that's also uh, kind of fun. Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was great, Woo. guys. Was great. All right, uh, uh, before we threaten anybody, let's uh, cut the check. <laughs>